0: To get by Benning. Darnell Nurse left it in the corner. Gets up center. Perry! <laughs> Score! Corey
1: Perry! Lilia oh, able to shake away from Solani.
2: It's given away to Solani around the- <laughs> have, uh, Wait, today. Today. i think we started well you you i, I just let you go they, we, I thought, we, I we were, we were we still rolling intro. the intro while you were kind of doing your intro <laughs> and then it just kind of started with and, and we, we got started. jason back so it worked out <laughs> <laughs> all right this is why we let you do this you go uh
1: it's all right we could just uh get rid of this and post
2: <laughs> yeah no it's it's staying forever now
1: but, Sweet. All
0: right. Well, um, we're back. Yeah. So we're going to the, yeah. the first division preview slash defense. I don't know.
2: Nailed it. Yeah, you guys, you guys picked Calgary. Um, I honestly thought it was going to be LA. I just thought you were going to troll us and pick LA. Everybody picked the Pacific Division, and I thought yeah. it's either they're going to pick LA or they think they can pick Anaheim, <laughs> <laughs> and then Anaheim just well, wasn't I, part of the vote. Well, so. in
1: everyone's defense, because I saw that too, and I was like, well, pick Anaheim. If, uh, I, I'd, I'd really like to hear what you guys think about Anaheim. And then he's like, oh, no, by the way, uh, don't pick Anaheim. We, You played yourself, I think, it was uh, <laughs> was the little gif that uh, Stephen <laughs> yeah. did there. Uh, but, yeah, maybe next time specify what team. We just thought – all right. We,
2: we <laughs> thought – I thought it was obvious that <laughs> – Closer to the season because we've do, we've done this every year that we will do the season preview for the Ducks. So why would we? I'll do-
1: forgive you. You haven't met our fans, mostly because you're in Canada. True. Me and Steven and Pat have met our fans. You have to lay it out as <laughs> as bland as 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 obvious as it might be. They need to know the rules.
2: Yeah. Now there's no more polls. <laughs>
1: So that, no, uh, the, what 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 was funnier though was Seattle, being what second right? Mm-hmm. I thought they might. I thought they might be first. That was. I thought Vegas was going to get it. Uh, yeah. man, Vegas would have. Sucked. That's Seattle. I was. I would have been. Uh, let, let, well, uh, let's let's sink, let's sync that up. Seattle is going to suck. So that's
2: done. Now what are we doing? Calgary. Yes. <laughs> Calgary before adding everybody should have sucked. Maybe, <laughs> may, maybe worse than Seattle when after losing um, Goodrun. I would chess. even say it
1: sucked. I would be like, wow, they lost a lot. They lost 215, 20, 25 points.
2: Yeah, it was like 216, 217 points they would have lost. <sighs> yeah. 115 and 101. Yeah,
1: And they recovered more than that, right? I think so. Well,
2: Huberto yeah. had a hundred and fifteen. Kadri had, which matched
0: Kadri was a little over a point per game. I think he was in like the
1: did he get a high eighties? I thought. But then add Uyghur into that. Did Kadri not get a hundred? Uh, Kadri, maybe, no, maybe I uh, let's see. Kadri and Huberto did two hundred and two combined okay, so. points. Okay. And the other guys, uh, Kachuk and Johnny, did 219. So they're about seventy-seven yeah, points less. Oh, I don't know why I thought he had 100. But but then you add Uigher into it, and he had 44 points from the back end, mm. second on his team uh, from the back end, and they kind of made up the points, got close <laughs> to the goals, kind of.
2: Yeah. I I mean, I've never seen a team lose two superstars and recover that quickly (laughs) and it's within weeks (laughs) it's a very lucky circumstance in a sense that florida is was willing to move a player of that stature like there's nobody else around the league that would have been willing to move a player like that and you just got that unique scenario where florida would have had to pay him a lot next year and their the rest of their roster is a lot younger compared to huberto that they could make that move and not completely derail the progress that they're making. Um, and then you get you know kind of lucky in the sense that you've got a free agent in Nazem Kadri who there weren't a lot of suitors that were ready to step up and pay him what he wanted that he could stay on the market a little bit longer let you make that move get it done and that he was willing to come there and then you got Uyghur in there as a bonus um, I'm trying to remember a team who, who who's lost as much as Calgary in one off and was able to replace and they gained, it gained gained as much as they did yeah they're arguably that, better
1: yeah uh. uh yeah <laughs> like i mean like they're they're they were known for their offense and you can you know highlight that between goudreau and uh, kachuk and though even though you don't have kind of that that high profile uh those high profile players but huberto cadre is kind of a high high profile player but then you add him weaker to it they kind of increase their defense and from defense uh, also their offense and then just kind of replace their offense, but just slightly a minus. I mean, I just can't imagine moving so many centerpieces from such in a, you know, an elite perspective or an elite team and then just absolutely replace it perfectly. And if not improve it a little bit, I mean, everyone's kind of like, well, what'll happen? Who knows? Yeah. But the fact that you lost that and you were able to replace it quickly Within weeks is uh, freaking amazing, yeah,
2: and I think stylistically too, right? Like Huberto, yeah, fairly similar to Johnny Goodrow. I prefer prefer, prefer Huberto uh, in the way he plays to Johnny Goodra. I really do like Johnny Goodra, but I think there's a little bit more to what Huberto brings to his game. Um, and you know, people will sit there and say, okay, like you know, he's playing on Florida. Most of the time, he played without Barkov. Like he did this on a line with I think Sam Bennett for a while. It hit up a fair. Fair yeah. amount of different. Centers. Also from Calgary it was him Bennett and Duclair. Yeah,
0: was the second
2: line that was really humming. Is, he's not from Calgary, Huberto. Sam Bennett was. Wasn't oh, Sam. It? Sam Bennett. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were saying yeah, Huberto was yeah. from. No, from, yeah. no, 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 no. Sam Bennett from was the Calgary area.
1: There's some weird connections yeah. here.
2: So um, and Kadri in the play style is fairly similar to Matthew Kachuk. Plays kind of on the edge, draws a lot of penalties. You know, is a pest. Not, you know, the same, I guess, skill Doesn't level. fight, but yeah. still gets in there. Yeah, he's, he's going to provide you that side of things that Kachuk brought and, and still, you know, bring the points and not maybe to the same level. There's obviously a, a drop-off there, but it was the closest with the players available they were going to get to replacing him. And then, like you would mentioned, you bring in Uyghur to that, that blue line that needed another guy like that. Hannafin and, and Anderson were great last year, but... You know, from there it really dropped off with Zadorov, Tanev, Shillington, and Ad Weger as the third guy there, and really shore up a second pair. Like all of a sudden, yeah, like they look, they look good, and they, and they're, and they look kind of good. <laughs> they look like last year. There's no doubt. And Stephen, you and I kind of went over this earlier before the call about like the amount of points that that they were a one line team last year. Mm-hmm. They, you know, between the three of them, Lindholm, Gudrow, and Kachuk, Ooh, they put up 301 points.
0: I want to like yeah. That Calgary defense is really solid. Chris Tanev is so much better than you think he is. Like he has very quietly been one of Robert the best defensive defenseman for the last like three or four years. Like he's been really, really solid. And um, you know they had Shillington emerge last year as legitimate. Uh, a legitimate, like, puck-moving kind of playmaking defenseman. Then you've got, like you said, Hannafin and Anderson. And then they had Zadarov and Goodbranson who were playing above their head, right? Who, because of Daryl Sutter's style,
2: they were able to play above their head. And, like,
0: I think the thing is... in
2: case, you're playing to take people's heads off. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, But, like, I think... I think, like, the reason they were
0: able to get away with being a one-line team is because top to bottom, they had a very strong defense. Jacob Marchram is a really good goaltender, and they have maybe the best coach in the league who plays a defensive style. So, like, I don't... It's a weird thing because, like, you don't want to ascribe to them more offensive talent than they have, but you don't want to take away from the fact that while that offensive talent isn't there, they kind of have proof of concept already of their ability like in the bottom six to be effective. and that's really one of the hallmarks of Daryl Sutter is everybody buys into that system, everybody gets going. Um, and now you just like we were talking about the numbers before Ed and like even though like with Lindholm Mon- uh, Lindholm, Kachuk, and Gaudreau uh, together. And uh, Calgary had like 60 percent of the expected goals with those three off the ice for as much as they were a one line team. They still had almost 55 percent of the expected goals at five five. So like they're generating chances. It's just whether or not the talent is going to be
2: there. Yeah, I think they're deeper now, too. So so if they, if they can continue to play that way, then it bodes well that. You know, they won't be a one-line team this year because it's going to be, you know, if you project it's Huberto, Lindholm, Foley, that will be the top line, and they'll get it done offensively just because Huberto and Lindholm are exceptional. I think Foley fits that line as maybe the shooter, right? And then now you've got a second line that isn't centered by Backlund and is a, a major drop-off. You've got Kadri down there with Montchipane, who had 35 goals last year, and Coleman. Magpie. Call- Magpie, okay. That's well, what okay. I call him. Oh, okay. Well, we'll Redman? Magpie. Yeah, no, it's he was a second bread man, right? Because it was yeah. his name was means bread. eat bread. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you're you're deeper with those guys on the second line. You've got you know a more uh, suitable matchup with that second line, where it's not like okay, we're going to rely on this top line to get it done ninety percent of the time, and we're going to roll out you know a line that can still, like you said, contribute. Offensively, when you look at the underlying numbers, but they don't have they lack that finishing ability. Okay, now you've got Kadri to play with Mangiapane, and maybe that helps Coleman get going. And Backlund slides down to a third line center role, so now you've got Lindholm, uh, Kadri, Backlund down the middle, so that puts you a little bit deeper there. And you know you still got Dubé and maybe Lucic or Pelche on that third line. So I feel like that fits Sutter more than what he was able to do with that team last year, in that he's got a few lines he can roll over the boards and continue to play that style yeah i
1: I think he's done a you know, i mean calgary has done a good a, a great job of replacing what they lost and solidifying between you know down the center line and then also increasing their defense or you know, defense productivity, but also, you know, not losing anything there. And then their goaltender, uh, Markstrom, is going to be just as good. So this team, I don't think – Lot. I mean, it seemed like they lost a crap load. <laughs> and then they absolutely gained it back. And then they gained a better matchup for most of the teams they're going to have to play against. And then add into that the division that they're in. Division sucks. Yeah, it really <laughs> so sucks, and they're going to do just fine because literally, I guess at this point, it's kind of them and Edmonton. Um, yeah. I don't I don't see too many other uh, challengers to that prowess. Yeah, and
0: I mean, I think the other thing to mention here <clears throat> is they also made the trade. They traded Monaghan out to create the cap space to bring in okay. Capri, or I think... They might still actually have cap space. I think it was more of just doing, like, an offset of cost or whatever. Um, But now, like Jay said, they've got three guys who are legitimately above average defensive centers now. And they lost a little bit of of dynamism, I think. Um, You know, as far as, like, Kadri isn't as offensively special as Matthew Kachuk is, which is obvious because that's one of the reasons Matthew Kachuk is Matthew Kachuk, is because he is that very special offensive talent. But like like you said, Jay, like if you're looking at Edmonton, you can go one through three against one through three and like, you know, it's still McDavid and Dreisidel, but if you're matching those two with Lindholm and Kadri, and then you have Backlund going up against Ryan Nugent Hopkins, like you're going to be in as good a spot as any team to survive, you know, that. And that's really, like you said, who you have to think you're beating, right? Cause Vegas, I think is still a legit contender, but they have the cold goalie question. And until they solve it, it's an issue. LA is better, but I don't think, you know, I don't know a hundred percent sure if like LA is going to be able to take that next step. But as far as like, you know the teams with the most clear path to a you know a western conference final i think it's those two
2: Sorry, I mean, and we, we
1: yeah. I'm sorry, you're laughing so hard. We just Eddie, got, got there's a notified. breaking
2: news, and I kind of wish we were talking about the, the Golden Knights tonight. <laughs> the but Foles. Phil Kessel just signed for the <laughs> Vegas Golden Knights, and I love I love that so much. Did he really? He signed a one that year. That Phil Kessel signed a one year, one point five million dollar deal with Vegas. <laughs> that <laughs> that, that guy is just gonna be absolutely destroyed halfway through the season. There's no way he's gonna last in Vegas.
1: I know they have too many hot dogs. He,
2: He's but, like
0: super low key. He's actually probably going to be perfectly fine.
1: He's fine, and he's doing the exact same thing. Uh, Kleenberg did with the Ducks. He's going to sign, get traded to a contender.
2: You don't think they may Vegas be a contender? You don't. don't uh, is another day. We're talking about. Maybe. We're talking about yeah, well, maybe. I mean, we'll get to them later yeah. when we do the yeah. rest. We do the rest of the division. But Vegas like, is Vegas, but
0: I think yeah. Like to your point, Jay, I do think as much as they did lose obviously so much of their identity, they did get as close to, they were going to, as they were going to get to replicating it both stylistically um, and, and um, production wise. Right. Because like you said, Goudreau is, you know, an incredible playmaker on the wing, but the thing with Huberto is he's not five nine and that, is, that just gives him more versatility down low and to do the cycle and kind of Daryl Sutter-like thing. So, mm-hmm. you know, they'll need Mangiapane to pop and to fully has to find his form again. But, like...
1: But, the ca- what- Cadre is like what Eddie said. Cadre is kind of like that uh, Kachuk mm-hmm. interface. Like, I mean, it's like you're still going to have that agitator that guy's going to get in somebody's face and be annoying mm-hmm. but still pop in some goals, maybe not 42, Uh, Like Chuck did, but I mean enough to be a nuisance and definitely if that's your second line center and he can get anywhere close to 42, you haven't lost a whole lot in that and that mindset, you know, if, if you're looking at that yeah. aspect of it,
2: you're hoping that that gets mitigated by Toffoli having over 25, Huberto getting into 30, Lindholm getting to 30, Kadri hopefully getting you know 25 to 30, Manjeypani close to what he had last year, and maybe Blake Coleman gets around 20 to 25. And if you've got you know three or four guys over 30, and and you know another two or three guys over 20, you're you're doing fine. And I think they they have the the roster and the ability to, to do that, as well as you know, three guys who, from the back end who can put up forty five to fifty points in and Anderson, and Wieger. Uh But th- and, th- they present like such a weird way to build a team when you look at that roster <laughs> now, right? Like yeah. the only guys drafted by the team are Mangiapane, Dubé, Backland. If Pelche makes the team, then him, uh, and then Anderson and Chillington on on the back end, and everybody else is brought in via trade or free agency. I know they they kind of got dumped into that because before this, last year, Monaghan, Goodrow, Kachuk shock. were on this team and they were drafted by yeah. this team. So it does, they did kind of get, you know, dumped into that situation that if they were going to be competitive... Double birds to. as they they went away. But it, it is wild. Like, I, I mean, I would never say this is a blueprint you ever want to follow and go down this road to, to build a no, team No, but if you, if
1: you happen to find yourself on said road <laughs> and you're able to pull yeah. yourself back onto the main road yeah. and make this work. Uh, I think you got an amazing goalie in there. Your uh, your identity was still being able to be one of the, I think, top three offensive teams last year as far as goals scored mm-hmm. and one of the six best uh, defensive teams as far as goals against. And then you kind of increased uh, your ability to defend by adding Weger onto there. So... Yeah, uh, you know, as as bad as this could have been, and this looked like it was going downhill fast. Yeah. They absolutely right of the ship, got right back onto the hill, and all right, we're all right. We're we're trying to go back to the uh, the mountain. So, we're gonna get there.
0: <laughs> so, I guess here's a question that I have: Is are we all on board that the Huberto extension was a good decision, or where do we stand on? Where do you guys stand on that?
1: Do you mean was it a good financial decision or was it a good decision? I don't know for the franchise because I feel like the franchise felt like we Where just got work? screwed by our what would have been our franchise player and our backup franchise player. They both bolted. We got this guy and we signed him to win a you know a lucrative long term deal. Calgary's a place to be because I think that's what they kind of said was hey, Calgary's not a a shit place to play in like it, it's not bad <laughs> everyone's leaving but it, it it's not really that bad and uh, i feel bad for our fans and they signed they got the trade they got this dude for long term they got the next dude for long term they signed cadre for long term it's like all right people are committed to calgary calgary's not a shit city that's what i felt like they almost felt like was like we're a shit city that's what it feels like when these people leave and no everyone's like oh well no one wants to play calgary yeah. so from a city standpoint great from a team standpoint still good they had they were gonna sign those guys one way or the other It's either those guys or these guys and these guys kind of add up on paper to those guys
2: yeah no I, I i agree like i i think they had to like you you have to fucking sign them you can't let them walk if you if you're trading matthew gachuk for him like you're trying to stay competitive. You've got to bring this guy back. The contract, no matter where Huberto signed it, Florida and Calgary was always going to suck. It was always going to be seven or eight years at that amount, and it's going to be a shitty deal near the end of it. It just is. He's going to be 37, 38, or maybe not, but the, the, the there's a high chance that the last two to three years of that deal are, are not going to be great, and he's not going to be worth the $10.5 million. But you, you have to do it. Like you, you have no choice. because What you would have done with Goudreau. Yeah. And what you would have, you know, Kuchuk, the same result. Kachuk and Goodrow would have signed, you know, massive long-term deals. Both of those two combined probably would have been around the same, if not more, combined than what Hubertot and Kadri end up making. And mm-hmm. you have to give these like the Kadri contract is not a great contract either. It, you could argue it's just as bad, uh, at only being seven million, but he's two years older than Hubertot. Um, and so it's going to be, he's going to be 38 as, as well, I think, when that contract is over. Um, so they're both going to be, you know, it's not going to be a great contract at the end of those two years, but you go into that knowing this. Like Bradford Living doesn't sign these contracts, knowing, you know, expecting them to be good in the final two years. At that point, you're hoping you've won a Stanley Cup at that point and, and it's all been worth it. But if your whole goal here, which is obvious that it was, is to make this trade and still be competitive. Then you've got to make these signings, and it you know, you can. There's a
1: window, and they're trying to hit it.
2: Yeah, so you can
1: look at like they just got into it, and they kind of got screwed, but they weren't going to leave it. Yeah. So they still have that window. It's going to suck after that window, but they they had to try and hit that.
2: Well, yeah, and 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 the thing, the the point where they are right now, you had two choices because of their prospect pool. It's bare outside of maybe three players you either burn it to the ground and you trade everybody. Like, Mange Pane probably would have had to go. You know, Lindholm would have had to go. You could argue Hannafin and Anderson would have been on their way out. Marks, like you would have had to just burn it down. Maybe not all in one season, but over the next couple of years and restock the coverage, and that's going to take four or five years. Or, you, you, you know, you try and be competitive. You sign these guys knowing down the road it's not going to look great. You've got three prospects in Zari, Pelche and Coronado who can come up and hopefully supplement the roster on entry-level contracts and maybe extend that window a little bit longer. Then you make that. Then that's your choice. And and this is what ends up coming out of this is you've got to sign these guys to long-term deals. You can't just sign Hubert O. Because that's not going to be enough. You had to go out and get Kadri, and he's going to want a lot of money. And to compete with him, you know, the Islanders and Colorado and other teams out there, you've got to offer him the seven years, and you've got to offer him probably the most money out of anybody out there to convince him to come there, right? And I, I, I have no issues with these contracts in regarding the situation. Like, in a vacuum, they both suck. But somebody was going to sign them to this deal, right? The Islanders were going to sign Kadri to a deal similar to this. Florida would have signed O to a deal similar to this. If he had got traded to Montreal, they would have signed him to a deal similar to what he got. They were always going to get these deals, and for Calgary, out of probably probably more than any other team right now, it made sense for them to to give these contracts out. <clears throat> it's cause... funny, like oh, go, cool, Jay. I'm not going to say anything profound, but um,
1: they they were literally this close to kind of being like, "Wow, where the hell did Calgary come from?" and look at how great they are. And then they were this close to going like, "Oh crap, they lost it all." They were doing so well, they made it so far in the playoffs. Uh, they they fell to Edmonton pretty quick. Uh, but you're sitting there, you're like, "Wow, Calgary's Calgary's there. They got they got the players, they got the talent. Everything should be there." And then all of a sudden, everything left, and then you're just sitting there going, "Like, well, crap! Everything that they had was is now falling off." And so, I guess from a management or a city perspective, too, but management mostly was like, "We can't go from like, oh, oh my God, we're actually legitimate. We have a a great window where we don't have to compete with the Anaheims, the Kings, uh, you know, the Sharks, uh, every everybody else who kind of." failed against in past years now we're the top dog and we should be in there and now all of a sudden we just lost everybody so like ed said in that in that circumstance you got to go like we can't just go like well, uh flame out and we're done no pun intended but uh you know it's just you know like, like hey we did it hey we're here oh no, everyone's gone all right cool all right but we're gonna go back down to the cellar so it's kind of like hey listen we, we were starting our dynasty or our window and we can't just fail after the first year. So they had to, in my opinion, and like Ed said, just, they, they couldn't just let it pass by without trying to get those guys back or at least some version of them back.
2: If anything, they have a more direct window now. Because Kadri and Huberto and Uyghur and and even the rest of the roster and Lindholm and they're all around the same age, so you've now I guess
1: with the exception of like, um, uh, with the exception of Kachuk, like Kachuk would have been your guy.
2: Yeah, that's what I mean. Going
1: forward, yeah, like I mean that would have been a guy you could build the entire franchise around.
2: I think losing Goodrone, keeping Kachuk, you still you almost have to enter into the rebuild at that point because I think if you keep uh, Kachuk. You don't really like you. Maybe you you can still get Kadri, but then that feels a little bit weird. It, it's like if yeah. you keep Kachuk around, he's twenty four. The rest of this roster is getting a little bit older. Without another young piece to replace Goodrow with, you don't. You know, you would have to get another young player in to kind of supplement that. And the only trade chip you have is Matthew Kachuk, right? So, not to say like I, I would, in every scenario, I'd rather have Matthew Kachuk. But for the Flames, when you look at the rest of their roster, if they had have kept it as is, in three years, they would have been facing a scenario where Kachuk is still in his prime and everybody else is kind of starting to get to this point where, all right, like the window is near over here. And mm. now what are we going to do with Matthew Kachuk? You can trade them at that point, sure. But I, I do like the composition of the roster here where they now understand we've got four or five years here to really take a run at it with everybody on this roster. Everybody's around that age where they all kind of have about four or five years to really make a run with this core. Everybody's to the most part, is locked down for that period of time. Um, you know, Lindholm will need a, a new contract, but they'll have enough money to do that. But Everybody seems to be locked in for at least the next three to four years to be able to make that run, including Markstrom, um, where you can you can really and, give,
1: and given this division, they got an opportunity to, yeah, essentially get in and go further than that first or second round. Yeah,
2: it's better time than anyone. You know, the only like you said, the only competition, real competition you have is Edmonton. Edmonton. Kings will be better, but I don't. Maybe I Vegas. wouldn't put them at that level. Vegas is having their own issues. The ducks are on their way up, so with Seattle, but they're not going to be there yet. Uh, and you've got some real bad teams like San Jose that are that are going to be out of the mix as well. So anyway, I love I love hearing that. Say it again. Yeah, just <laughs> so yeah. No, it, 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 you know still. what? Like I, I give Brad <laughs> Tree Living some credit for having the balls to go out and get this done because he recognized the situation. It could have been a disaster. In. Yeah, you recognize it the situation you're perfect. in here. If you go for the rebuild here. And when you're out of that rebuild and you, you've maybe stocked the coverage, you're now potentially facing an Anaheim team that is stocked and ready to go, a LA team that has all their young prospects in the middle of their roster, potentially a rebuilt San Jose team, a Seattle team with Beniers and Wright down the middle, you know, with three or four years of financial experience. Like it, it looks bleak at that point when you look at the teams that have already built for the next four or five years to be competitive. This is your window now. Take advantage of the fact that everybody else sucks right now, and you can really be that team in the Pacific to push it because if you are the best team in that division, the way the playoff format is right now, you, you almost booked yourself a, a you know a free trip to the, to the Western out. Conference Final in some cases, right? So, uh, yeah, man, I give them some credit because it, it's not easy to do that. It's not easy to sit there and say, hey, man, we're losing these two players, and I'm going to go out and they make it They lost two
1: franchise players and one offseason replaced them
2: yeah with legitimate
1: people maybe not franchise players but definitely guys point wise or a statistic wise match up yeah with what you lost
2: i'm not going to go out and say he's gm of the year That's by insane. any means but to uh, and these these acquisitions might might not work out but to you know have the balls to go out and do that and and make those moves and you know, not move Matthew Kuchuk for futures to go out and get a, <laughs> find a player like Hubert or available and make that move. It there's a high chance that ultimately it works out a lot better for Florida than it Calgary, is. but to take the swing and the chance that you know to recognize the situation you're in and the scenario of the league and that division to uh, go for it, I, I like it. I give him credit for it. I'd like it's to- gonna be
1: crazy when Florida and Calgary meet in the finals. I, I would love that. I would love to see that, honestly. I mean, I'm not saying it's gonna, but when it does... Oh, my God. That would work
0: Yeah, I think... Um, right.
1: Oh,
2: Steven, it's interesting. <laughs> One of those I rare scenarios where it's not just me and <laughs> Steven talking for 25 minutes. <laughs> uh, you guys want to talk about Thundercats? Yes. <laughs> um, what, what? I
0: mean, the thing that's interesting, right, is they have... Milan Lucic is an expiring contract this year and he makes $5 million, and, like, he has almost a full... He's a full no-move and a modified no-trade list of 10 teams he can be traded to. And I'm sure, you know, if they ask him or whatever, he would probably acquiesce. But, like, that's an interesting thing to have the availability to, to kind of, like, leverage, right? Because, like, they don't have um or no they have a, they have most of their picks um they picked up the extra florida one down the road and you know like since they are so clearly in a win now mode what are they willing to do with those picks to I guess that'll be the question, right? Is, is Are they going to th- try to thread the needle and hold on to the picks kind of similar to what Anaheim did? Or are they going to go more Detroit-Pittsburgh and just be like, look, th- at best we get a player who's pretty good in three years. Fuck that. Let's just move these picks and let's really make some take some big swings because they have the core to do it. And they're locked into, um, at the very least, Kadri, Huberto, and Markstrom. Uh, And I think it's safe to say Anderson as well, um, you know, for the next four or five years. So at that point, fucking it's better to turn, you know, make sure you extend Uyghur and really see how aggressive you can be in in making trades and, and moving people around.
2: Yeah, I think they're definitely going to Pittsburgh, whether it's moving that first-round pick at the deadline, it all kind of depends on how the team's doing, what they need, and what they feel they need at that point. I imagine what they're going to end up needing is another top-six winger. Uh, I, I just I don't, I don't see Blake Coleman being that guy, and Toffoli will be a top-six winger on that team, but is he better suited to play with Kadri and Montierpane, or will he work out with uh and Huberto? I, I think they need another right-winger. To... I think he would be better. Kessel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kessel at the deadline from Vegas, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think of, he man. would make a lot of sense if he were to go to
0: uh, – or uh, fully would make a lot of sense on that second line with Kadri Montipani, than
2: yeah. up with Lindholm and Huber. That's what I think they do at the deadline, and and um, that's probably a, a a point where either that 2023 first or that 2024 first, one of them's getting burned at the deadline, I think, for a top six winger. Uh, but it, it, it a lot of it depends on, uh, I think, Peltier as well, right? Like, he could come up, had a great season in the AHL last year if he comes up and just really works out for them and he jumps into the top six, then they might not need that. But it's going to be one of those conversations, like any team, when it comes down to the deadline, where are they at, what do they need, what's the biggest need they need to address. Um, but just looking at the roster right now, I think it's going to be that winger. But they could easily go and... and you know, go through the deadline, not move that, move a prospect instead. Draft a player in the 2023 draft, and in a couple of years' time, when Lucic's contract is gone, Backlund's contract is gone, and you need, you know, you've got the cap space to go out and trade for a player. That maybe you flip those prospects at that point. And Pittsburgh's done that in the past too, where they've drafted guys and then ended up moving on from them in a similar trade piece as a draft pick would be, but just trading the prospect out for help down the road. So they they could do either or, but. I imagine one of those picks is gone at the deadline for for some help because they are a very good team and they've done a good job of you know making themselves better from the significant losses they had. But when you stack them up with Colorado and Tampa Bay and you know even you know some of the top teams in in the East of all Carolina, the Rangers, I, I feel like there's there's still one piece off of being in the same realm as those teams. Um, and if you're really going for it like they are, you, you're going to need to add somebody to that mix. So here's my question, Ed.
1: I'm here too.
0: <laughs>
2: I saw that. Again. You're not,
1: you're not going to have heard of, of the person no, I'm no, talking no, I'll, about. I'll just sit over here, but you you talk to Ed no. <laughs> for another two what hours. What do you think the odds are
0: that Connor Zari can step in and play a meaningful role on this team?
1: Oh, that's a question for
2: Ed, not me. <laughs> uh yeah I I, I think there's a more of a chance um of a role for jacob Pelche, like I said because he's a winger um and there's a you know a, a spot for him in the top nine right now uh to go out and play but I I think depending on the season that zari has that he will have a chance to get in there didn't have a great year in Stockton 25 points in in 53 games whereas uh, Phillips and Pel- Pelche had yeah. over 60 points, so uh, it's going to be tough I don't think, you know, similar to what we've been talking with the Ducks, like you don't want these guys to come up and play fourth line, right? You don't want them to come up and, and play fourth line minutes uh, and play 9-10 minutes a night, it's not beneficial I think for him, and he, you'll want him, he's a center, you're going to want him to play down the middle, now with Lindholm Kadri, Backlund, there's just no unless there's an injury, there's no way he gets in there
0: See so my thinking is I wonder if he moves up Coleman moves down and now what you've got is um I know that he's a center but if he can fill in on that left-hand side there and be you know a competent left wing with more scoring upside than Blake Coleman has I wonder if because basically, what I'm—I guess—what I'm asking is—is is like, what are the odds Conor Zari solves their scoring depth issue? Yeah, yeah, he could. And I, I understand that it's—it's—it's it's, it's a small they have a percentage just depth because
1: issue.
0: Yes, they can only score from about four or five feet away. They need to be able to score from about eight or nine. Okay, yeah, so, but they, they were
1: what? They were third or sixth in goal scoring.
0: <clears throat> yeah. Well,
1: Eddie has numbers on this. I, uh that's what I thought they were. They were either, uh, I, I can't remember. I think they were third in goal scoring.
2: Yeah. So they'd be
1: on Florida.
2: This, this is the, um, the problem with that is, okay, we can look on paper and say Huberto and Kadri are going to fill that. What Calgary ultimately was last year uh, was a one line team. 301 right. points came from that top line. Uh, the rest of the forwards on the, the, every forward on that team that played any games at all for Calgary last year compared combined uh, scored 267 points. The entire well, team, according yeah. uh, according sorry, entire team including defensemen scored 472 points to the top lines 301. So the Flames forwards, the top lines, I think it was like 55% had 55% of the offense among the forwards. Uh-huh. They had about 39% yeah. of the entire team offense last year. So that one of those guys remains so you were mm-hmm. you, you on Lindholm,
1: which was 42 goals tied with Kachuk for a team lead.
2: Right. And right. the only – I love Elias Lindholm. I think he's a great player. If you had to pick one guy to have been a passenger in some sense on that line and to not maybe put up the same numbers without those two guys around him next year, for me it would be Elias Lindholm. And, I again, mm-hmm. I love him. I think he's going to be a great player. If anybody – If you add a Hooper, But if you you add a
1: Huberto to that top line, Mm -hmm. and a Toffoli, are you saying that he could not reach 40 goals next season? Because I don't feel like they necessarily lost a lot of... Offensive production by adding Huberdeau there, uh, much like huberto didn't necessarily score a ton of goals, but he set up a lot of goals. Mm-hmm. Hence why he got to 115 points last season. That he couldn't set up a Lindholm, or er, and then have Defoli as also a finisher on that top line. Yeah, so they could still have a legitimate top one line with a Cadre on the second line, um, providing maybe that Kachuk bullishness in front on power plays and what have you, you know, any sort of, you know, second line matchup where he's just going to be the a-hole that everyone has to deal with. I think you're
2: going to have to hope that bread and butter comes from the power play uh, for Lindholm and Huberto and Kadri playing together. You you would want that power play is going to need to be top five in the league for them to continue to put up the same amount of points as last year. the the, the thing the thing. Yeah, go ahead.
0: I was going to say is the thing about Lindholm, like, I think saying passenger is maybe a harsh. little it's wrong harsh. because he's a very strong two way player. I think what it is, it, it is fair to say is it, you would expect a goal regression from Lindholm. He probably he isn't going to be a 42 goal scorer. And as much as Toffoli is capable of being a top six winger, he is not going to draw the same amount of attention as Matthew Kachuk. Lindholm was the third option um, on that line, as far as who you had to be worried about in your own zone. That gave him a lot of freedom to play and, and, and capitalize. And I think as much as the balancing is going to improve by having Kadri step down into that second-line role, I do think it would be... I As much as Huberto is, is a great playmaker, like you're saying, I still think that it's more likely that Lindholm finishes under 30 than over
2: 30. He's never scored over 30 in his career. Yeah, he scored 42 last year. The other times he had over 20 was just twice with 27 and 29. (laughs) He would have had yeah. over 20 the season prior to this because he had 19 in well, 56 What team was
1: he on but prior to coming to Calgary? Was it uh, Cal- or Carolina. Carolina?
2: Yeah, so okay. it, his three seasons in Calgary, or four, he had 27 goals, 29 goals, 19 and 56 games, and then 42 last year. So he's better in Calgary. He's a better player in Calgary. He's going to score 25 to 30 goals. To say he, he's going to do 40 again is a major stretch for a guy who's That's a stretch. done 40 just last year. And I, th- I agree that like, Huberto is going to set him up, and that's why he's still going to likely score above 30. I think there's a major drop-off from Kachuk to Toffoli. And Toffoli is going to take some of those goals, so there's going to be some more goals on Toffoli's side of things. So I think Lindholm will likely finish in 30 and 35. That's a really good year from him. I think there might be a bit more assist there where you're still looking at a guy who could put up 70, 80 points. Uh, it's just they're going to need some depth, I think, beyond that, because Lindholm will be fine. Huberto will be fine. Toffoli is a question mark on whether he is actually going to score 20 to 5 to 30 goals. Coleman is a major question mark. And I, again, like I mentioned before, he's not maybe ideal as your second line winger. You'd like him on maybe the third with Backlund and Dube. So they're missing some depth there of, of real quality goal scores. Manje Ipane is a major question mark of a guy that he scored 35 last year and. Can he do that again? We're talking like Raquel territory, right? As a guy who went from 15, 16 goals, jumped to 30. Can he do it again? Maybe. I I don't know. We'll, ha- we'll have to see. So I think there is a depth scoring issue there when you lose. You're you're losing a guy who's going to score 40 in Lindholm. He's probably not going to do it again. You're losing a guy who scored 40 in Matthew Kachuk. You're losing, like, Goodrell had how many goals last year? Was it close to forty? Forty,
1: close to forty. So you had three, yeah. guys,
2: three guys over forty next year, and now you're saying you might have one guy over forty, and that's Lindholm. Nobody else on that team is scoring forty. So you're, you're, you're definitely there is a bit of a depth scoring problem there, where I think they've gotten deeper, and there'll be more scoring from other lines, but you're, you're not having those guys. They're,
1: again. they're evening it out, and then you also throw in the fact that it's Daryl Sutter. And Daryl Sutter is not exactly, you know, let's explode offensively and F the goalie in defense. That's not his style. It's pretty much, hey, let's do that, but from the back end. Let's, let's solidify this and then get our chances moving forward. So you probably have a little bit of a drop-off, but I think you also probably, moving forward, are a little bit more solidified on defense and on goaltending. So um, – I guess I'm not as concerned that they're going to lose, you know, that high quality or that high number of goals between the Kachucks and the Goudreaux of uh, what was the season that just was. Uh, but they're going to even it out and they're going to solidify defense and then that's how they're going to be, A, a better team throughout the season and, be a much better team in the playoffs that can maybe – Compete against your Edmonton's, or uh, I mean, it's still a long shot, but I guess your Colorados and things like that. But
2: yeah, and and I think like what you were saying before, Stephen, with some of the prospects coming up and adding to that goal scoring depth. Uh, I I think Peltier could could potentially be that guy. Like he'll get the sh- the shot because of the year he had in Stockton. So if he if he becomes a twenty goal guy, you've replaced some goal scoring there with that. Mm-hmm. Um, if Adam Ruzicka plays up in the lineup. He had I think 11 goals in 56 games last year, so he could be a guy that could get close to 20. Uh, Dylan Dubé had 18 last year. Can he improve on that uh, and get over 20 as well? Uh, Zari is a long shot, but if he comes up, Matthew Phillips could come up and and you know replace if Backlund gets injured or one of the centers gets injured or even just comes up and plays Wang. Like he's another guy who had a great year in Stockton and has only played one game with the flames, so there there are some guys that they could call up in the short term next year that will help with that and that are ready to kind of make you know make waves and get called up because they they've dominated the AHL level and it's a, it's a you know logical next step for them with not having a ton of depth on the wings for the flames for them to hop into that lineup and you're and again you know two years from now you're you've got Matthew Coronado who will come out of the NCAA and jump into that lineup so things are are shaping up for the Flames to have those young guys jump into the lineup, this will be the first year kind of test of that, which I which will for me make the difference from them being a pretty good team and one of the best Pacific Division teams on paper to them potentially being one of the best teams in the National Hockey League is those young players stepping in the lineup and how well they do and then the the seasons from Manje Pane and Elias Lindholm how similar are they going to be to last year can they keep that up Are, or you know can they both get over 30 goals and and be key contributors because they're going to need that from them
1: i got a quick question i want to find out from both of you and myself um where do you see calgary offensively like if you were to rank them um, in the pacific division offensive wise probably do you mean talent? Do uh, no, where, where, where they the will the finish? Like, I mean, like, will they finish okay. as the top, uh, a top offensive team scoring the most goals within the Pacific Division? Because I ha- I would have them as number one still. Uh, Vegas might be that other one. Mm-hmm.
2: Edmonton, uh, Edmonton. Uh, you know, one I have to I take a Full Edmonton season of Evander it. Kane, obviously Drysdale, McDavid. Edmonton will be, for me, the number one goal-scoring team just because of the, the small drop-offs we mentioned from Calgary. I would still put Calgary at number two, um, I think, and I think they'd be above Vegas because, again, a full season of Eichel maybe will help, but you lost 30 goals in patch ready. Like, and I don't know
1: what Stone's doing. So Yeah.
0: I I think you can make a legitimate argument for putting them fourth. Vegas? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Uh, Calgary. 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 Yeah, maybe. Because it, I think it's fair to say that Vancouver offensively yeah, has more that's talent. That's what I was going to put in there, yeah. And I think under Dro, they will score goals. I could see Edmonton and Vancouver, even if Vancouver finishes fourth or fifth in the division, I could see them being second in, you know, goals. Mm-hmm. And I think adding Fiala and Todd McClellan's system, I, I think there's a chance, um, you know, yeah. especially if you know, Byfield or Kapari or any of those kids comes up and really pops. Like, they're going to have a chance. They've got offensive
2: depth. So I think for me, yeah, they would be pushing for fourth with uh Vegas. I just can't okay. see the Kings adding 50 goals to their roster to jump up to, to the 290 that Edmonton had last year. Like, Edmonton will score that, if not more, this year. I think they didn't really lose anybody. Um, but they added Fiala. You don't think is worth
0: 50 goals? No. Not on, but here's the thing. Here's what I'll say. <laughs> he's probably 35 ish goals on his own, but he's also a good playmaker. You don't think he can find 15 or 20 goals, or do you think that just kind of falls into the the lump sums of the others? Yeah, I
2: think there'll be some regressions and some some jump. <laughs> so I think they could. I think they'll probably add 20 to 30 goals as a team, uh, and mm-hmm. they could sit. Like I think they'll be in that mix. For me, I think Edmonton is clear, and then there is that mix of. L.A., Vegas, Vancouver, Calgary, that could be in that like 240 to 260 goals range, depending on health and how guys do and regression of some guys and good seasons Mm -hmm. from other guys, that they'll be in that mix. I think the only team that, for me, on paper has that 290 goal potential like they did last year in the Pacific is Edmonton. Just because, again, you're going to have McDavid, you have Drive settle, Those are locks for 40-plus goals for both of them you've got Evander Kane in that mix who should be 30 to 40 goals right there and we just talked about the Flames having, you know, 340 plus goal scores. I think Edmonton you could argue they have a better chance more than anybody to potentially have three guys score 50 in McDavid, Drysdale and Evander Kane if things went right. So, I feel like just pure firepower side of things like Edmonton is probably up there as as just the, the more likely team to lead the pacific and goal scoring but then yeah there's a major mix there because calgary is is maybe my favorites to be number two but i think vancouver is right there and then vegas and la are are kind of right behind it for me so if i had to pick my top three it's probably edmonton calgary vancouver but i wouldn't be surprised to see la or see see vegas in that mix there's just a few question marks with those teams that kind of puts them a little bit lower for me
1: well what about the defensive side of things out of all of those teams in the Pacific Division, where do you rank Calgary defensively?
2: Yeah, it's number one again for me. They were I was going to say one. second at worst. They were significantly better than any team in the Pacific Division defensively last year. They were the best defensive team, I think, in the National Hockey League, right?
1: Now, were they that great because they were so awesome on offense, and now that offense is regressed as dominant offensively. So that defense might be a little bit more exposed to, say, uh, wearing out.
2: Yeah. I I think the one thing I would say for that is maybe not so much the offense. I think, you know, less goals is going to, going to hurt you a little bit defensively and staying in some tighter games and whatever. For me, the big loss is losing Matthew Kuchuk as a defensive asset on your team. And how do you replace that? And what do you do to overcome that? But I think Huberto and Kadri are good enough defensively to fit in the system. I also think the depth and the matchups that they can now throw out there, that will help them. And it's it's a Daryl Sutter coach team. Like They're going to be good defensively. Not only that, you've added Mackenzie Wieger to the blue line, which makes them better. And Jacob Markstrom is going to be good again next year as well um, in a team that that is coached the way they are.
1: I'm not
2: talking about goalies. Well, he's part of the – we're yes. talking about their defensively <laughs> as a team. When you look at everybody else, can Edmonton be better with Campbell? Sure, but are they going to shed 50 goals against to get in the same realm that Calgary was last year? Probably not. I think Vegas will be worse defensively I with no no goaltender mm-hmm. right now. Uh, yeah. I don't – I think the one thing – I'm, I'm available. Yeah, it's Vancouver for me. The one
0: thing with Vegas – I think the one thing with Vegas is they do have Bruce Cassidy, who's a very good coach. So if they can get an adequate goaltender, I think there's a chance that they can write it out and be a very good 2-way team. That being said, I think Calgary, as big as the drop-off from Matthew Kachuk to Tyler Toffoli is offensively, I think the improvement of Monaghan to Kadri as a third center is just as significant. And I think, like you guys said, based on matchups, based on, based on Daryl Sutter, I think there is an opportunity for them to be a better team overall. But they do have... There is an expectation that the defense as a whole will improve to make up for what is, I believe, a pretty significant loss in offensive talent.
1: Neat. Um, so where do you guys feel that the goaltending is gonna fall as far as Markstrom goes? Do you think Marstrom is in this division? Or or is it give? Because it's it's obviously between those two. He's in the
2: best situation. <laughs> He's in the best situation of any goaltender to succeed because what John Gibson has in front of him is nowhere near as defensively capable uh, of what Calgary has in front of him. Uh, Jack Campbell, maybe you know Edmonton's defense is better, Mm -hmm. but they're not better than Calgary. Uh, The the and again I would Vancouver, Vancouver I really like the Vancouver. I love exactly. I just Demko. hate Me the, again like at like Anaheim. The defense in front of Demko is a nightmare with Tyler Myers <laughs> and Oliver ekman Larson. Why isn't
1: um, anyone talking about Demko wanting to be traded? It's all about Gibson wanting to be traded. It's like there's a lot of fucking great goalies out there that are in front of shit teams, but no one's talking about them. Yeah, this just th- Gibson. <laughs> there's a lot of good
2: goaltenders in the Pacific Division. Um <laughs> there are. you know, are
1: there are they really legit i mean as far as sorry you're you're entering my realm um as far as technicality and and how they play because there's a difference between how you play technically and how your team plays and certain goalies will be great with a loosey-goosey type defense and offense and then that guy just survives i mean your mark andre flurry survives in those situations but your john gibson's will survive for half of season and then get completely worn out if you don't tighten up defense. So, I mean, there is there is that. But, like, uh, your Demkos, your Markstroms, and your Gibsons are top technical goalies. So if you surround them with, with semi-decent defense and a good structure, these guys will survive anywhere. If you, if you are flawed... You're screwed, and I don't care who you put in there. Maybe Flurry buys you a couple of seasons. That's it. Otherwise, you become the Vegas that is Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, I just I don't think there's as many good. Like, I think Jacob Markstrom, Thatcher Demko, are the only two goalies outside of Anaheim that I would be comfortable going into a season with personally. I don't trust Grubauer. Um, I. Vegas, they don't have. I think you, gone, could, right? you could, you could no, he's make.
2: The, he's there. I thought he was gone too. Oh, he's in Seattle, right? Yeah, he's in Seattle.
0: Oh, that's right. Sorry. Yeah. So I wouldn't do that. I don't like uh, Jonathan Quick or Cal Peterson. Campbell. Um, Jack Campbell. I'm not all that interested in. Uh, San Jose has Kakinen, I guess, and Jim, uh, uh, yeah, and like fine, but like Ryan, they're not. Please.
2: But not behind Reimer's, that team.
0: Reimer, <laughs> yeah, Reimer's fine. Like, Reimer in Anaheim would be great because he's just a perfectly fine goaltender and is fine. He
2: does, he's he going to be good for Anaheim. San Jose, uh, but he's, he's not.
1: Still, Lars is better than Reimer, but...
2: Yeah, but yeah, yeah, like, it's just, you know... This is, I my, just, this is my thing with the question, though, is, like, you know, yes, it's on individual goaltenders, but some teams are just built horribly in front of them, right? Like... Again, we could all sit here and probably say John Gibson is the best goaltender in this division, but the, the defense in front of him is nowhere near what Calgary has in front of him. And I would say, like, I agree with you where Jack Campbell's a bit of a wild card. I think there's a chance he could succeed there, but the problem is the defense in front of him still has a lot of question marks on whether they can actually get it done. They allowed 252 goals against last year, which was one of the worst in that division outside of the the bottom three teams in that division. So can they be better this year? With a capable goaltender, maybe like how much does Jack Campbell help that that you know that number right versus Koskinen and Mike Smith last year, who both weren't really that great? Uh, does he help them? Does he shed twenty goals off that number? Did they defensively get better with, <laughs> with Broberg? Right, like who who knows? But I I think when you look at it, like uh-huh. you have to say a team with a plus eighty five goal differential last year, Markstrom has the best chance to be the best goaltender from this division. I don't see anybody really facing him unless somehow out of out of nowhere Vancouver's defense it just turns things around and looks exceptional. I would put Demco as the most likely option to be there. And I, and it's weird I have Vancouver as the most likely option to be offensively the second best team in the division and most likely to be defensively. The second best team in this division, but they could easily just suck because they're Vancouver. Right, that's exactly right. right. like I think
0: the reason that you have Vancouver second is what we've all said, which is that that's your – Demko's a really good goaltender. Yeah, the and problem Bucco's is, a
2: great coach too. So
0: right, the problem is, is it's Oliver Ekman-Larsson, it's uh, Tyler Myers, Tyler Meyer, Travis Dermott's and,
2: there now. You know,
0: like it's just it's not Quinn Hughes great.
2: cannot play defense.
0: Right, so. You know, you're looking at a team of, of guys. Don't they have, like, Tucker Pullman, too? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, fuck, dude. Like, it's just, Thatcher Demko is not Dominic Hasek, because nobody is. Not with that attitude. <laughs> but, so, like, it's just a question of, like, how high can he pull them? And I don't think Thatcher Demko is Connor Hellebuck, and I don't think he's John Gibson, and I think Connor Hellebuck is, you know, pretty special and has shown that. Um, you know, like Demko would have to put up a shusterkin like season to like, drag Vancouver into the playoffs.
1: Not yeah, not gonna happen. So
0: yeah, yeah. So like, you know, you're 100 percent right that like, it feels weird to say that you trust Vancouver's goal. So
1: so the most,
0: but the, the defense is the issue.
1: The Markstrom's jumps gonna be the top goalie out of the Pacific Division, right? Yeah, I think. That
0: yeah,
1: be, it'll be, be hard to pick anybody else. Yeah, it'll be yeah.
0: I think the, right. the top three goalies are him, Demko, and Gibby.
1: All right, so best goaltending, semi-best defense, and anywhere from fourth to second-best offense. Yep. Calgary's likely in the playoffs,
2: and likely the likely, best likely team going a little
1: bit further past the first round. Maybe get to the third round, but then ultimately get uh, curb-stomped by Colorado. Any
2: any of the top three in the Central? Any 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 other team not in the Pacific Division? <laughs> See, I don't know. Like they they, they are they are better. I, they, I think they have a better they it better happens. chance because I I think Colorado got worse and they haven't addressed losing Nazem Kadri. Um, you know, St. Louis,
1: but they have Bakar, so they're good.
2: Minnesota lost Fiala. Like Nashville doesn't really have a ton of talent. Yeah, Dallas is. Sort of on the up, but also sort of on the down with with Ben and Sagan. Like it's a weird situation they're in. So so like again,
0: I think Calgary should expect to make the second they're round. Gonna get I think they by should.
1: They, again, they will not get past Edmonton. I think. If
0: that happens, then then there's That's a problem. Exactly but for me, <laughs> I think they should expect to get into the second round. They should I guess Edmonton more than not expect to the make the Western Conference <laughs> final. And I don't think it's out of the question to say that they are legitimate Stanley Cup contenders from day one.
1: They are, uh, but they are in a weak division. And I don't think they're better than Edmonton. And I don't think anyone out of the Pacific Division is going to beat anybody coming out of the Central to get to the Stanley Cup Finals. uh, Unless they just hit some insane,
2: fun-time
1: in a seven-game series in the Western Conference
2: Finals. Well, yeah, there's also. I mean, we're talking about this at the beginning of the season, but let's you know the deadline we mentioned as well. If Calgary goes out and adds a top six forward at the deadline, okay, are you know are they closer to being as competitive with those teams potentially? Right? We don't know. On. I mean, if everything gets me
1: as a goalie, they could go to, uh, beyond the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah. I
2: mean, repeat, repeat,
1: repeat. I mean, it it never stops. Yeah, I, I think I
2: there's a like they they are the best. Team uh, the, right now on paper to have to go the farthest out of the Pacific Division. Edmonton is in that mix, but I, I have more concerns with them defensively and their goaltending right now to put them above Calgary for me. First year coach, yeah. The, the one problem I have with Calgary is when you you, you put these numbers in in the, the the dock, but them overperforming in both their goals for per sixty and their goals against per sixty. Where they mm-hmm. and and it wasn't like it was close like you would hope to see you know their goals for it per sixty was two point nine eight you would hope to see okay expected would maybe be around two point nine and slightly overperformed it well no their expected goals for it per sixty was two point seven nine which is still good but it's a drop off and we're talking about guys like Lindholm and Pane regressing well the numbers say they probably should next year just based on their expected goals for. Their goals against per 60 was 2.07, but their expected goals against per 60 was 2.25. So does weaker, you know, help them out there for sure, but is there a chance for aggression? Well, yeah, the numbers say there are. There always is, yeah, but... Basically, a half a goal better in yeah. total. Yeah, so yeah. You know, if you're talking about the chance for regression, there, there definitely is that from Calgary. And then the adjustment period from losing Goodrow and Kachuk and that being the identity of your team yeah. to roll out this line, now all of a sudden we have to play a different way. We've got a second line with Kadri. We've got a top line with Huberto, which in theory is, you know, you're a better matchup team, but now you have to play that. You have to build that into your system that this is how we're going to generate offense. It's not going to be just these guys. We're going to do it in different ways. That might not work out. I think I would trust Daryl Sutter maybe more than anybody to be able to work that out and be able to get them going. It might take a little bit. They might start off slow, but there there are a lot of question marks. I will say that. They'll the
1: kill it under under him. Yeah. Sutter will get these guys in line immediately, and I, I assume they'll just kind of run away with it. It'll be fun to watch what happens in the playoffs and with a Sutter team. Quite honestly, this team is probably more built for a Sutter run than the previous one.
0: The previous one
1: kind of got dominated by Edmonton. And quite honestly, it's tough to defend against Edmonton. No matter what kind of coach you are and what kind of team you have, you're going to have a little bit of problem with Edmonton. But this team is probably going to be a little bit more solid to fight edmonton come playoff time so
2: yeah no i 100% agree with that i think it is more of a sutter team i think that's a great point and this is more to what he's used to and being able to roll out kind of three at least three different lines if not four lines with what calgary has this year that all kind of have a bit of everything on them right you know some skills some size defensive ability you know, you've got at least one of those guys kind of on each on each line, right, that can do a little bit of everything. So I think this fits what he's looking for. And and I, again I don't think we can underestimate that that blue line. We've talked a lot about the Fords, we've talked a lot about Markstrom and whatever, but Hannafin and Anderson are were excellent last year. Both of them nearly had fifty points each. I think Anderson hit fifty points, and then you add Uyghur to that mix. That's you know, there's no superstar defenseman on this team. There's no Makar. So, you know, there's no headman or anything like that. But that top four is as solid defensively as, as maybe any top four in, in the entire league when you look at Hanif and Anderson, Wieger and Tanev. And then Zadorov and Chillington is not a bad bottom pairing, right, compared to what Ed, Edmonton has in Broberg and Cody Ceci, where there's some question marks there. Like, you know these six guys can get it done and are going to get it done. So that is an underrated part of this team and them being able to match up against teams and shut them down that they have Mm -hmm. four reliable defensive defensemen and three of them are great puck movers and Anderson, Hannafin and Weger and a really good solid bottom pair that you aren't afraid to throw over there. Like Nobody's messing with Sidorov because you're afraid he's going to take your head off and then Chillington's proven to be as you mentioned Stephen, a really good puck distributor and puck mover up the ice so it's uh, it's a dangerous blue line and again, no star power but if I had to pick any blue line in the Pacific Division, I'd be picking Calgary's, just when you look at the the personnel that they have back there Yeah, I agree Um,
0: I think yeah, I mean I think that they should probably finish no lower than second in the Pacific um and you know, I think, I yeah, think for and Edmonton, me that, yeah. yeah, them and Edmonton should be the top two. Like I don't I don't think really anybody else should sneak into there too much. Um, you know, I guess maybe LA could, but I don't I don't think they have the horses. I I guess a weird ducks centered question would be who on Anaheim do you let's just okay. Which Anaheim player do you think would make the most sense as a deadline or a trade partner for, like, for Calgary?
1: Clean, like, Klingberg, is there... Klingberg. Klingberg. You think Klingberg? Does anyone think anybody else? Maybe Shaddenkirk? I don't know. I, I think Enrique.
2: I, yeah... God,
1: I'm sorry. Sorry, so you're saying Calgary needs another center after Kadri and Lindholm.
2: Henry could be a winger, no, I think, I, in that system. Henrik doesn't even play. Saying, he could be a winger, I a guess. Like, all right. I, I would I be on at
1: the same Cle- At yeah. a Klingberg at a discount and you could easily shed his contract after your run. Klingberg's gotta be yeah. it.
0: I don't think they need another right handed defenseman They've got four right handed defensemen. I
2: think if you can they shed don't, they don't have off, <laughs> and you can bring in Klingberg. You shed a little bit of salary cap with Zadorov. You bring in Klingberg. I think they they don't have that. I really like Rasmus Anderson. I think he can manage a power play. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think what Klingberg brings is something a little bit different to what they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like Adam Henrique. I think that'd be a great acquisition from them. I don't. How think... many more
1: years does Henrique have though? He's got One two. More after so this
2: that game. that's what makes it a little bit tougher. Not because... that great. Well, you right? lose yeah, Lucic's salary. $2 million of it, or if you take Lucic back. Well, no, I'm saying what well, they they're them losing Lucic's salary allows them to, for that uh, extension for yeah. to not hurt them. Uh, I think he's great. I think he, you know, he could him fit. and Max Comtois
0: to me are the two that make the most sense
2: to Calgary yeah. because I don't
0: think they need to fuck with their defense.
1: But if you get rid of Max Comtois, what are we getting back to get rid of? i would
2: assume a, a pick uh, or a prospect yeah i i don't see for me i don't see what what come does for them with uh, i would i would rather have uh pelche than come to them at this point i hope you know player that's growing it's in their system that you can add into your lineup i think if you're going out and getting anybody you want a top six forward guaranteed so it, depend, it would depend on the year come to having Mm-hmm. Henrique of the fours that would be available would make the most sense, but I don't know if I necessarily like the fit for him in their top six. I'd be going out looking for a guy, you know, a, a goal scorer, a proven goal scorer to go out and get. You know, uh, Henrik is great, and and I think he fits a Sutter team, but I don't, I just don't think you need him. I I would agree with you. I think Klingberg for just the dynamic ability that he brings to that you black, can get... back end. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No,
1: no. I totally agree. Go ahead.
2: No, I just just think you, you know, probably what you're going to say is you can get those guys elsewhere um, and get that production from somewhere in your lineup. I think John Klingberg, they don't have that. And yeah, you know, know, we just talked up their blue line and how it's great. And it's one of the best in in the, the league and the division. But they have enough capable guys back there that to add a dynamic puck moving defenseman like John Klingberg, I think just brings a little bit something different to their team that I think could be really beneficial and you you know, you pair him with a Tanev or a Uyghur that will allow him to kind of go out and do that. You know, we're talking about who's the best option from Anaheim. There's not a lot of options of guys who would mm-hmm. be available. So if you had to pick one guy and I think the one year thing helps as well is that with Henrique it is tough for them you know, to fit that maybe that second year, even a little bit retained um, on that, you know, that cap hit that they really only have $2 million in space already and have to make way for a lot of these extensions. So Klingberg makes the most sense. But I, I could see a world where Henrique would be a player they would like. He just wouldn't be the player I would add to that team if I had to go out and get a forward.
1: They literally, uh, what I mean, they...
2: Uh, Pat
1: Verbeek literally got Klingberg on a one-year deal to hit the salary floor, and his entire motivation, in my opinion, is to flip it for picks. Is yeah, there but there still more? has to
0: be is a there, team Is fit. There
1: any more than you can do than just, just to flip him to trade deadline time, let's get as much as we can he's gonna hold it he's gonna dangle it' not I don't gonna disagree with
0: you but I don't okay. think Klingberg matches Calgary is my thing
1: no no I mean it could match anywhere uh, but what would Calgary look at Anaheim for I would say out of all of that it would have to be Klingberg because there's no super attachment there's no huge amount of money uh guaranteed after this he's literally there for a push and they're within their window trying to add. Henrique, when you already have a Lindholm, a Kadri, and then even if you want to move him to a wing, you're moving him to a second-line wing, just doesn't make sense at his price point for another season after this. I mean, what's? I, I don't understand the point of trying to add that, whereas Kleinberg could be there, give you a kick in the ass on the power play, see where that goes, hopefully it works out, because maybe you're a little bit better, Against uh, your Edmonton because that's really their competition. Come playoff time, they got to get out of the second round. It's gonna have to go through Edmonton, whether it's the first round or the second round. And quite honestly, you're not going to be them offensively. So adding Henrik doesn't make any sense. But adding maybe a power play uh, quarterback like Klingberg might work. Be enough to get you over there. I'm not saying it is, but it's a smaller risk than trying to take on uh, Henrique's contract. You know, for the next season too.
2: Yeah, if you ask a Flames fan, even though he would never be available, you know he would—they would say Troy, Troy Terry would be the, oh, yeah. <laughs> the best fit mm-hmm. and uh, for them. I, I mean, God, you imagine good old Canadian Calgary Troy Terry. Imagine him playing with a um, uh, Lindholm and Huberdeau; they would be pretty happy. Yeah, with yeah. That. yeah. but he's—he's he's not going anywhere. But yeah, like, I could—I could see both sides of it. Um, the only one we know it's not. But which do be.
1: you see better?
2: No, it's Klingberg. It, uh, it, uh, thank you. Yeah, it's Klingberg. Just, <laughs> just, just uh, I, I think Adam Henrique is. I know you're trying fun, to play both but...
1: sides, but all right, I got you now. Then all right. No, cool.
2: I said from the beginning it's Klingberg. For right, sure. right, but, no, 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 come on, <laughs> I've been on your side. Don't worry. <laughs> all right,
1: Steven's all there by himself and sad. Mark
2: Markstrom for Gibson Swamp. Let's
1: <laughs> go, Clippers.
2: <laughs> hey, there you go. It got mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just think
0: you know. To me, if you move Coleman to third third line left wing, and you have Henrik with Kadri and Mangipani, that's a really solid second line. That's cute.
2: Uh, so that's all. Yeah. I just think the they, Coleman's not a second line winger for me. Like like I said before, right. like they need at the deadline. I think they're going to need a top six winger, unless for some reason Chikapelche just turns into like a 40, 50 point guy. For me. If I'm Calgary and what I think they would need and what would fit with them, I don't think it's Adam Henrique. I would go for you know a pure rental. Fuck, I would go for a Patrick Kane or something if he was available. Mm-hmm. Something like that, just a dynamic winger who who's going to do it all for you. He he would yeah. be the and he oh, is the Phil one, Castle. yeah, right, yeah. Right. <laughs> Go, go right. get Patrick Kane, Patrick 50, Kane would be 50, actually, 50% be retained, yeah. right? 50% retained for Patrick Kane. He's only going to cost you then at that point, I think, like 4 or $5 million. Maybe you can ship somebody back to save some cap space. And so you guys, be uh, what,
1: what, what did Phil Kessel
2: sign for? One point five mil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's not come going anywhere, dude. Vegas how is, is, is going to be in a playoff that, spot. Dude. Vegas will be in a playoff spot if they add a goaltender. There's absolutely they, no way they don't add a goaltender. There's no way they go well, into the they season. Well they have
1: to, but who who <laughs> gonna get
2: it? Who are they gonna get that's gonna be
1: a legitimate goalie? And that's gonna be a legitimate goalie that a legitimate
2: team wants to give up. Varlamov Ryan Halib- yeah, you wish I don't know what they have left to go into. Uh, once
1: again, once again I, I'm saying a legitimate goalie and you're giving me other goalies. So give me a legitimate starting. Is
2: Varlamov goalie. that much worse than Robin Lehner? I don't think so. <laughs> I just like that. But um
1: yeah, he's gonna suck in, in a Vegas defense. Absolutely. He sucked in a New York uh Islanders defense. Um unless it was Barry Trotz coaching the team. Yeah, and Barry Coach Trotz was, coaching the team. Okay.
2: So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I I think if they go out and they add a capable NHL netminder, they will make the playoffs. Will they be the best mm-hmm. team in the division? No, I think that, uh, I'm I think they might be right Hang mix. on, Eddie. Like they they would be right in the mix there with. Um... Oh no no no! I looked at my notes. No, they don't make it. <laughs> they'd be in the mix there, man. For for me, for them <laughs> sure, with, with sure, Vancouver the, the and L A. Yeah.
1: The
2: NFL, yes. <laughs> well, yeah. Will they go far in the playoffs? No, but if they had a if they uh, had a goaltender, they have to beat it be
1: Seattle, L A.
2: Us, their, their, defense fact, score, their defense score their defense score is up there with being just as good as Calgary's, and I think you know star power up front. Even losing Patchareddy, you've stop, got Eichel stop, and Stone. Stop
1: it, Eddie. Stop
2: it. <laughs> you don't. You don't want it to be. I don't want it to be good <laughs> either, man. I would hope. I would. I wish they they would fail. But there's too many. There's too many good players on that team. If they had a netminder for them to be completely awful. All right. Sweet. All right. What do, what, what do we? What, <laughs> What do we got left for the Flames here? Because I know we got we got to kind of we've rounded out the. Uh, I don't think bit, we talked but...
1: about plus minus yet. Hang on.
2: Um, so, Weger
1: was third on Florida in plus minus. Just want you guys to know that. That's probably going to help Calgary. All right, we're done. All right, what's next? <laughs> Oh, good. I killed Eddie. <laughs> that was it? That was your old plus-minus? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, great. That was... <laughs> yes, that was the last note I had. Okay, so let's do it this way. Let's just do
0: the, the three kind of questions at the end. Like, get fucking simple one-word answers. All right. And that's more for me than you two. Oh. What is the biggest strength of Calgary? In your opinion.
1: uh it I don't... goaltending <laughs> are you surprised would <laughs> yeah. you say him
2: uh, i was i was gonna say i was waiting for for jay to come up with an exact one it would word either be answer. goaltending or coaching <laughs> uh it's coaching for me for sure yeah <laughs> I, I think i, I think it's their their coaching because that's going to cover a lot of issues that they have um, I was gonna say defense because I really do like the way they're built now mm-hmm. back there, but again, a lot of that is gonna come down to coaching. I think I think Sutter gets the best out of guys like Hannifin and Anderson, and we'll get it out of Uyghurs. So I I gotta say coaching.
1: So I got goaltending one A, coaching one B. Yeah,
2: yeah, and, yeah. I I would <coughs> yeah. my second would be goaltending because Markstrom is is yeah. exceptional. So legit. Okay, so what is their biggest weakness? Defense. Scoring depth.
0: I agree. For me it's scoring depth as well. Jay thinks we're
1: idiots.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um no, I I or just like scoring regression, if you want to call it that. Like I think they've got good players in depth. I just well,
1: yeah, I I, I'd maybe say regression. Like if they're expected to be the third best offensive team, not gonna happen. Does that mean that if they hit seventh best offensive? team that all of a sudden they're worse. Yeah. No. Yeah, so there's so, gonna be regression. Should, but I don't think their offense is their weak point. Should, their offense is gonna be still great in my opinion. Yeah,
2: I should specify this. I don't think scoring depth is their weakness in terms of it being a like bottom twenty five sure. weakness. You know what I mean? It's their big it's their biggest weakness in a team that really doesn't have a ton of weaknesses, right? Like it's like uh, saying, you know, what picking a weakness in Colorado or Tampa Bay. It's a weakness for for them versus the rest of their strength, but across the entire league, they're still significantly better than a lot of other teams. So it's weird to say because Calgary got deeper.
1: All right special teams. <laughs> that's easy enough is yeah. or assistant coaches.
2: I, I, Cal, Calgary <laughs> got deeper, right? They got they're a deeper team. they had better matchups. their The regression is my worry, so I think their biggest weakness could be their their scoring regression but they'll still be a top 10 team in the league in goal scoring, right? Like, that's the thing. It's a weakness versus the rest of their everything that's going on.
1: It'd almost be impossible to be the second-best offensive team in a division of four divisions and be out of the top 10. Yeah. So it's a possibility, but it's unlikely. So to say you're the top third of the NHL in offense, it's just hard to say that's their biggest weakness. I think uh, their, their defense or their, you know, the goals going against them might progress, but I, I don't know. Maybe special teams. I mean, that's maybe a regression. That. They don't necessarily are as dynamic on the power play. Maybe maybe a little better on uh, the penalty kill, but I guess power play would probably be the one that
2: yeah. you're going to go like, oh, I don't
1: know where they're going to make up those goals.
2: Yeah, you've you you, you're, you you know you've got Huberto, Kadri, Lindholm, but you had Huberto, Goodrow, Kachuk. Right? So, you know, it's still good. Ah, uh, you had Goodrow, Kachuk, and Lindholm, but it it's it's not as good. It's still good, but yeah, how does that all gel together and, and everything? So, I mean, you you know, the one big question you you had it could be their biggest weakness is is can these guys integrate together? Can they gel together? <laughs> is that you know is Daryl Sutter gonna be enough to to be able to put the pieces together and make them work? That could be their biggest weakness in that there's a lot of new faces in this team. There's a whole new approach and how they're gonna play philosophically that could be their biggest weakness is all this, is all this going to actually work together?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, right? Because they're almost changing out the most valuable parts of the car, but the rest of the car is staying the same. You know what I mean? Like, like it's it's crazy.
2: Yeah. Like the degree to
0: which they, (laughs) the degree to which they have like an infrastructure around them is significant. And I do think that's where coaching comes in. Cause I, I think it'll be a new philosophy for the players coming in. I don't think the team is going to change fundamentally the way they play. So it'll be about, you know, kind of like the thing is, is, like, how quickly can they get adapted? But it'll be very interesting to see the star power at the top be what is swapped out, which we've never seen. Or I can't think of another time that we've ever seen it like that. Normally, you're making changes uh, on the bottom half of the roster, or additions uh, to the top six. This is, you know, taking arguably the
1: two most important players with two new players. You like lose one legitimate star. You know, that's it. But you don't lose two franchise players within like a two-week process.
0: Yeah. So. You know, it's, it's it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out for them over the course of the year. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, and the leaders, you lost two of the, the leaders in that room. Um, Monaghan and Kachuk were uh, alternate captains. Backlund was the other. Um, but things had seemed to go south with Monaghan before this season as well. Uh, Matthew Kachuk, there was question marks on how much the uh, impact he had on the leadership in that dressing room rather him, than him just being handed an A as being one of the better players. The, the core veterans of that team are still there, right? So the, like you said, the things that Sutter has instilled will still be there from that team. Hubert and and uh, Uyghur were coached by Gallant. They were coached by uh, Quinville for a bit. So they've, they've. I think there's some understanding, and and they I don't think they'll be too shell shocked by what they hear and what they see from Daryl Sutter when they get there. Um, you know, Nazem Kadri just won a Stanley Cup, so you're adding that to your locker room as well. So I, I think they'll be able to gel pretty quickly and, and adapt to that to Dale Sutter philosophy. And and then, like you said, the rest of the main parts are still there. The guys that know what to expect and and are able to kind of help the other guys adjust. So it shouldn't uh it shouldn't be too much of a factor but yeah the the one thing that is is the big question mark for me is is there's going to be a new play style from this team how quickly can they adjust to that how quickly is is, you know the chemistry going to form are they going to find the right lines right off the bat how long that's going to take i think personally sutter will figure it out fairly quickly but there could be you know the first five to ten games could be an interesting thing to watch and how quickly they put those lines together and they start working Mm -hmm. yeah but i don't even think they can have
1: five ten games of hiccups and they're not exactly gonna just fall or sink to the bottom of the pacific division i mean they could they could struggle heartily for the first ten games and be in the top three um so in my opinion even if they sink a little bit They will come back because they are a much better coach team. They're a far better skilled team, defense, offense, goaltending, coaching, special teams. They're going to be above most of the other teams that are, quite honestly, pretty much rebuilding. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, all those other teams will get there, uh, but that's why Calgary's pushing now because uh, they see what's in the rearview mirror. It's going to catch up to them pretty quick, so they need to try and push now where they can.
2: Yeah, I mean they do. They do have a hard first seven games uh, of their schedule, so so it'll be interesting to see how. So that goes. no
1: specific teams. they're no, playing
2: against? No, no, they, they they are playing. just the better ones. They've got. They open against Colorado, uh, then they play Edmonton, <laughs> Vegas. The easy game is Buffalo, but then they play uh, Carolina, Edmond, uh, Pittsburgh, and then Edmonton again is their first seven games. So Buffalo is the easy one. Penguins will be oh. difficult. Hurricanes will be tough. Oilers twice. Vegas and, and Colorado. So not an easy way to work out the Kings, But after that, you play Seattle. You play the Islanders, the Devils twice. Winnipeg, LA. So it, it gets a little bit easier after that to figure things out.
1: I think this team comes out of the fucking gate just ready to Yeah, rip- they, should. I, they should be. And they're kind of like uh, the... <laughs> Everyone left, F you guys Here's what we're going to do Get the shit out of Edmonton As best they can uh, But I, I mean even like playing the your Colorado teams Just like Colorado There's the possibility of a slow start They finally got what they needed What they wanted And now there's maybe a little lull Out, out of the gate So I think uh, Calgary is probably going to be A little bit more
2: bite to their game so to, before we move on to the division quick hits, uh, more or less than 111 points and 50 wins for Calgary next year. Less, less.
0: I don't, I, I don't know how they do it again. Like, yeah, it, it would be fucking incredible if they did it again. I
2: you would it have too. to. Get I, I, I
1: would think all the the meddling teams that struggled to play last season. Are a little bit better so you don't get necessarily as many of those easy pickup wins yep. and then just add in there that Calgary was good they're a little bit more on the radar teams probably aren't going to just overlook them now they're a legitimate team that people are like alright we got to focus on this guy this guy this is how we're going to break it down That's right. and they don't have those dynamic players that they used to even though Kadri and Huberto are great players they're just not as mm-hmm. dynamic
2: yeah, I think it'll be less. I don't think it'll be significantly less, though. I think they'll still be around yeah. 46, be 47 be wins. Close. So, uh, yeah, you know, they'll, they'll be close for sure. So, I mean, we've we've done our we've talked a little bit about the other teams, but just kind of going through them one by one and quick hits on on some of these teams. We talked about Edmonton a bunch. They were second last year. Uh, well, key additions to them were locking down Evander uh, Kane, uh, adding in Jack Campbell. Do they? What do they do? Mm-hmm. Anything else? And the
1: uh,
0: uh, they uh, lost Duncan Keith's dead body and his what? salary cap
1: hit. They go right to the bottom of the Pacific.
2: Did they? Um, did they get Koskinen out of there? Yeah, no, he's
1: still there.
2: Is he? No, he's out of there. Is he? He's gone. Yeah, he? yeah. I don't know where he went. I mean, I think is I, mean, I, I think he was a UFA actually. So
0: we all. Yeah, I think yeah, because
2: Mike Smith was, was the one that term last. What?
1: Is your
2: backup, backup? Uh, what well, Smith? But he is injured, so it's Stuart Skinner, who is uh, a rookie. He played pretty well last year, but it's going to be Jack Campbell and Smith when he's healthy, and then Skinner is kind of the. Third
1: I thought option. Smith said he was retiring.
2: I, mean, no, I don't know. He's no, listed on here so. still. I think he's still going. No, I do thought it. he
1: actually signed a contract. <laughs> Clef to be
2: Clefbaum might retire because apparently his injury is career-ending. But
1: so we
0: expect Egmonton to be the second serious player in this division. Yeah, it's
1: between Calgary and Edmonton, those are one-two yeah. in my opinion.
2: Yeah. I, I think I think Edmonton has the, mostly
1: because of abundance of offense. They've got the best top Not six
2: a, in the Pacific by a mile, and a lot of it has to do with McDavid and Drysdale. But I do like Hyman, Hyman, Nugent Hopkins, and Evander Kane. I think are all really good, and and Kyler Yamamoto is a pretty good piece of that top six too. But for them, what's going to get have the them is death. exact
1: same problem Toronto has.
2: Yeah, they have no depth in the bottom six. It's uh, Fogle, no Derek Ryan, and no RV RV, uh, Jack Campbell makes their goaltending better, but the defense in front of them, still Nurse, still Barry, CC, Brett Kulak, Evan Bouchard, Philip Broberg. So, unless Bouchard and Broberg have breakouts no, next yeah. year, yeah, it's it's gonna be
1: Are you saying Campbell's better because he's better than Smith or he's better because he's a good goalie?
2: He's better than Smith and Koskinen and I think he's proven there to, it is. Okay. he's proven to be an an average to slightly above average goaltender, which is better yeah. than what Edmonton's had, but he's by no means, you know, Markstrom territory or anything like that. So But I think we we all kind of agree they'll probably be the second best team in this division, right? Yeah.
1: Second or
2: first, yeah. 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 And... Yeah, I
1: could see them winning the division in cover uh, coming I was in I was them. Yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah, no, I I could definitely see them winning. Um all right. Our favorite, the one I thought we were gonna get to talk about, LA.
1: <laughs> oh, oh you wanted to talk about
2: No, I didn't want to talk. I just figured how, that they how,
1: were gonna how make us talk about it. Were they them. on the uh the list? Were they like fourth or fifth? No, they didn't even make
2: they the lost... final vote. They didn't yeah,
0: they lost head to head to Seattle
2: good lord yeah alright so LA better than last year presumably uh yeah it's just a lot Maybe. it depends again a lot on the kids right like they added Fiala which oh, makes well, a
1: better oh yeah and then um Brown's gone. Kopitar is not Brown.
2: necessarily going to. Is, is Brown marks? gone not a positive for them? <laughs> like, come on. Are we sure that's not a positive for their team and their performance? I'm
1: just trying to figure out who's going to replace the goals, the assists, the hits, and the uh, potato drinking.
2: Anybody. Literally anybody. <laughs> I, I think for them... the. All right, the, Steven, the, suit up. The You're difference right. between them <laughs> being a... Up on the train, middle of the pack, maybe playoffs. He wasn't team. bad
1: last season, though, right? He wasn't too bad. What do you have? Like almost twenty goals. Yeah, he was fine, he's but fine. he's not
0: good anymore.
1: I, he, That's fine. He, he was but, at, at I mean, at now he's gone, level. and now he's gonna get a statue.
0: We're not, we're not, <laughs> we're not so... doing it. I'm so pissed. The statue is embarrassing. <laughs>
2: They should be ashamed of themselves. I'm Kempe... oh, so glad it pissed. Honestly, off. fuck them. That's all we're gonna say about that. <laughs> no, them. no, 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 no. We gotta no, talk about that. No, because that's so stupid. Kempe Kopitar, <laughs> viala is legitimate. That's a legitimate first line. All right,
1: they're they're right. all right, that's
2: true. They're adding Viala. Um, Byfield and be... Cali ever the big question marks for me. Um, could uh, uh, you know, Dan Byfield No, he's no,
1: fine. It. Or Dan No, sorry, Dan and No. Dan No, will uh, be fine. Um. Our has Once to again, be My biggest question is the goaltending. Is like you know, yeah. it was absolutely amazing to see Jonathan Quick play as good as he did. Was it? Can he do it again?
2: Can he somehow turn back the hands of time? Was it? Was it amazing to see him play well? Uh, I, don't, I
1: don't know. I never thought he would actually do what he did last season. No,
2: neither did I. I thought he was done. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, mean, I, thought, I thought
1: the game had passed him.
2: LA could could really... A Byfield for me is one of the picks to have a breakout year and a guy that could break out for like 50 to 60 points if things go the right way for him. If, if that happens, then they'll obviously be a scary team to match up against with Kopitar, Deneau, Byfield down the middle. Um, they've got some, some good depth and a lot of good young kids on the way, but, like, I don't know how, how close any of these guys really are, right? Like, we've talked about their drafting for a while, and I honestly haven't, you know, I know it takes time, but I swear to God I haven't seen any of these kids actually make it to the NHL level and do anything for their team yet, which I've been pumping their tires for their drafting over the last couple of years. Oh, yeah, you have. But nobody has really made it yet, right? Like, we're we're, mm-hmm. we're seeing that, at least on the duck side of things, right, of, of guys starting to get there. I know it's Zegers, but...
0: Well, you got uh, what's his name, Bjorn foot and Mikey Anderson are pretty good. Yep,
2: they I mean, They're they're, pr- they're pretty good, right? Like, all right, they're pretty good. Like, you know, their is pretty good. Like, yeah, L- yeah. neat. okay, fair I enough. Like
1: him. Yeah, He's got fair
2: enough. But you know, we're waiting for Byfield's got to pop off. Kaliev has to, to to really pop off. Fucking from well, I- Kapari, fagamo like, Akhil Thomas you know brent Clark um, will be here at some point like they you know they just they, they, they need these guys to do i even it.
1: strike you like a troy terry where it's just like there's like two or three seasons where you're just like dude there's nothing Callie, and then all of a sudden he's just Callie, boom.
2: yeah kaliev should be that guy uh if he's far as goal out, scoring yeah. but
1: like any of the other guys where it just maybe takes a little longer but then again you could also have them as like your sam steels where you're like come on
2: yeah come on I mean, all like I would say, Turcotte away. just because yeah. the, the where he got drafted, like he should be a guy that yeah. that pops off at some point. You know, fifth overall, you're waiting and waiting and waiting for this kid. Like he's only 21, and it feels bad to say you're waiting and waiting and waiting, but he played eight games. <laughs> he played eight games and didn't look amazing. Yeah. Kupari might be that guy. He had 13 points in, in 57 games, but none of them like from where when they were drafted, and the hype around them from when they got drafted. It's all it's kind of just went. Downhill from there, where like they they haven't lived up to that hype of oh this was this guy's favorite or this was the consensus favorite and the Kings took the consensus favorite and then all of a sudden like just hasn't panned out like Keel Thomas really hasn't jumped up from where people thought he was everybody thought they got a steal in Tyler Madden and that hasn't panned out yet uh, Byfield's the real gem of the bunch for them and the guy I think has the chance to break out but. That's it right now. That would be the guy next yeah. year. I would say if he <laughs> if he pops off and he's the most likely to pop off, then you know things will go well for them. But everybody else, I I don't have any confidence in any of them playing forty games next year outside of the guys who finished the season with them, and that's Kali Evan, Byfield.
1: I'll just be happy if you stop saying pop off.
2: Um, and then <laughs> uh, on the top of that, that's why I kind of
1: find like the draft thing just kind of not unnecessary but totally just throw the you know, close your eyes and throw the dart at the board and see what hits type of deal because it's just like you you kind of hope that happens and then you know a lot of times it doesn't pan out most times it doesn't pan out mm-hmm. so you know with as far as the kings they still have that and we've had your sam Steeles and your troy terry's so I just don't know if it like it takes that much longer to get there for some, I guess, offensive players yeah, than it does for maybe the defensive side. But the, you know, I don't know. Like, now it seems like offensive players are expected to produce. And if you're not producing, you're kind of a bust. If you haven't produced quickly, you're gone.
2: Yeah, the expectations have definitely changed. Like, I'm fully prepared in three years to eat those words and all these guys make the kings and, you know, they, they start... <laughs> Just dominating for them. There's plenty of time left. The kids we're talking about are 20, 21, 22 years old. So there's a lot of time for them to turn things around and make the team. No, my thing with with their prospects is nobody has broken out yet. Of all of the guys they have, nobody has stepped into this lineup and really taken off. And you know, Kaliev looked like he was going to do that, but then put up 14 goals and 27 points in 80 games, which isn't bad, but it's not a breakout level. Byfield didn't. Breakout, but nobody, you know, Laf- Lafreniere, nobody did from that draft. So it looks like a lot of these guys are going to take some time. Just haven't seen that from anybody in the Kings organization where you can point to some other teams and guys have done that from, you know, the same draft classes.
1: Zegras. Zegras,
2: yeah. Hughes is starting to do that, but not even, you know, in some cases, the top half of the draft where you get guys late first and, and early seconds that have started to pop off for some teams.
1: Stop saying pop off. Uh, You're doing so good. I threw said, that one in off. there for you. Should have you never said, mentioned it. Should have never said mentioned so it. So many other things besides pop off until that last moment. Like, oh, Eddie's learning. I also just too. want to
2: trash the <laughs> Kings and talk shit about their prospects. So. <laughs> All right. Um, Vegas. Vegas, fourth best team last year. We've...
1: Crap, dude. Talk about a team that did the opposite of Calgary. They, my in God. my opinion, they they. Caught, they they lost um, a Pacioretty now, given Pacioretty was apparently going to be gone for most of the season anyways. But then to put all your eggs in that line, uh, Leonard basket and watch that thing just absolutely crumble, I don't know where they go. I just There's just no goaltending. And even when they had it, they hated it. And even their backup, they gave him a chance. And not that he did bad, not that he had horrible numbers. But it's a team that's built around offense, not necessarily defense, and, and definitely like a sensational goalie to save them. And they don't have any sensational goalie. They don't have any defense. And they have a lackluster offense, in my opinion. I,
2: I, so the one thing I can't agree with, with is the terrible defense. Because they've got out. They Allen, don't defend well. I mean, Martinez, Petrangelo, that? McNabb, Shea Theodore, Zach White, Ben Hutton. Like, they did not have a great year defensively last year, but a lot of these guys, Martinez was out for most of the year. Shea Theodore and Petrangelo were both down for, for times last year. Um, I don't think any of them played more than 60 games or 70 games. But So s-
1: assume they play 70 games and they don't have liner and net. So, Is this team think... a great defensive team? Yeah, I think Bruce they,
0: Cassidy's really good coach. He's much better than Peter DeBoer. They're, they're not Calgary I, level, but I think oh, they yeah, are that's better. a
1: low bar there.
0: I I really do <laughs> like. I get that it's going to come down to contending, but like I I do think people are burying Vegas way too fast. That's still a really talented team.
2: We had they had thirty four games of Eichel and thirty seven games of Stone if they get 60 to 70 games of those two, I mean, we talk about defensive impacts from defensemen, but a defense like Mark stone is one of the best defensive forwards in this entire league. That's going to make a difference for them. If he can play an entire season. I, I also, I love bagging on Vegas. I think it's, way too premature to start shitting on them for the laner situation, which happened a couple of weeks ago. We haven't even, yeah, that, that happened. I'm not shitting on them. I'm just, well, yeah, not facts. maybe not specifically you, but I remember the day he got injured and it was like the next day after that people were projecting the, the gold Knights and like trashing their GM for not acquiring a goaltender and fixing yeah, it. So, dude, it's like, it's been a day. Yeah. And it came out of nowhere that he's out for the entire year. I mean, everyone knows I'm available, and they haven't asked <laughs> me yet. If we get to the season and they have not <laughs> added anybody to replace Robin Later, fine. Then you can start bagging them and say, "Yeah, they're going to suck." I think if Probably they replace it. them, they are still a pretty good team. I think if you you know you have to hope that Stone and Eichel are going to stay healthy. Losing already is definitely a loss, so they're worse off in that sense but I still do really like Marshall Carlson and Riley Smith as a second line. They've had the chemistry since the, that team's inception, and that's a really nice second line to have. Those guys I don't think are first-line talents, to have them as, as second-line guys is great. I'm just not a fan of Chandler Stevenson as the top-line left wing, but in, to all his credit, as that guy last year, he had 64 points in 79 games. Can he do that playing with Eichel and Stone? Probably he's, he's showing he could probably do that um, with them and I like that I despite what you've said I, I like their blue line I, I like the guys they have there I think they're capable two way defensemen pretty much all of them a full healthy season of Alec Martinez where he doesn't only play 26 games will help them but it it's can you can you get somebody in to replace Robin Lehner they added Kessel which I think helps their depth scoring as well maybe you play Kessel with, with Stone and Eichel who knows but they need a goaltender that, that, that's end of the day is they need a goaltender <laughs> you name five
1: guys, like as long as they stay healthy, this team's okay. Yeah. You name five legitimate players that they need to just, just please stay healthy, and one of them is your goal. That's league. any
2: team, though. I take five players from any team and say if they they're not oh, healthy. 100 percent.
1: But you were literally going from last year to this year, and yeah, I just Mark Stone has had many injury problems. Uh, Eichel, I mean, obviously he was added halfway through, and you hope that, you know, he can kind of stay through that. Leonard is pretty much gone, so it's got to be a new goalie. Um, And then a handful of other players that are going to just hopefully stay healthy. That being said, through 82 games, more than likely you're going to see some injuries. Are they going to do fine in the Pacific Division? Yes, because it's a weak Pacific Division. Can they get to that third spot? More than likely, given their competition, LA might push them a little bit for that. Um, is this a team that goes m- very far in the playoffs? No.
2: No, I they're don't just, think so either. No. Okay. They're not. So they're it's not just like far. it's like
1: they're they're you know if everyone stays healthy they'll get there. Will they go anywhere? No, but they'll get there. They'll just get they'll like limp into the playoffs and just See, I, fall apart.
0: I, this is a team to me that I don't want to play in the playoffs.
1: Well, you're not playing hockey, so you're good.
0: Yeah, well, see, I'm fine. <laughs> I just, I think that this is one of those teams that could be. I don't know, It's one of those things I do where I make comparison, but shut up, Jay, when I say this. Stop it. This team could be, again, they have to address the goaltending, and I get that that is a significant question mark. But with the understanding, like you said, Eddie, that that just recently happened and they should be allowed still some amount of time to actually look into their options and not just rush, you know, to go fucking like sign Miko Koskinen and whatever the fuck. Like, I do think this team could be similar enough to the L.A. team that went on that deep run from like the eighth seed. Like, I think Bruce Cassidy is a really good coach. Yes, they need their guys to stay healthy, but, like, yeah, that's that's true for everybody. And Jack Eichel and Mark Stone are two very, very good two-way forwards. And if Jack Eichel is fully healthy, he is right in the middle of his prime, and he can he's a legitimate number one center.
2: Outside of McDavid-Drysdale, that's the best duo talent-wise in the entire Pacific Division.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably fair. Um, You know, like, Petrangelo's really good. Like, I don't think over the course of 82 games, maybe you're going to get his best more than 65, 70 times, maybe even 55 times. But in a playoff, I trust him to lock in. Shea Theodore, uh, Alec Martinez, like Eddie said. Like, these are guys who have played meaningful games. Like, I, I, I do think this team has the ability to be a spoiler. I think there is a cap on how far they can go just because of the goaltending question mark. But this is not a team that I would be quick to bury. Like, I could see Phil Kessel putting up 40 goals next year, just out of nowhere. Like, I could totally see that happening.
2: All right. Uh, Vancouver. We talked about them a, a little <laughs> bit. Um, I think their forward group, I, I, I really like. I like more than a lot of teams. And uh, it's Thatcher Demko, we talked about, I th- he could potentially be the second-best goalie in this division behind Markstrom. He's got the talent to do mm-hmm. so. Uh, it all falls apart in the blue line because it's an absolute goddamn fucking mess. Uh, <laughs> Oliver ekman Larson and Tyler Myers is their top pairing. Um, as dynamic as Quinn. Quinn Hughes is, defensively, he's not good. Uh, and that's been a couple seasons of just not being good defensively. And he's paired with Luke Shen right now according to their depth chart. And then they've got Travis Dermott, uh, Kyle Burrows, Jack Rathbone, Tucker Pullman, his other defensemen on this team, and really nobody else to come into this roster. So that, that's going to be their downfall for me. I, I Bruce Bridgerow coach team, I think they'll do well. Uh, playoff wise, that's where they're going to fall apart. Uh, but other than that, man, like, you know, JT Miller, Connor Garland. Uh, Patterson, Horvat, Besser, Paul Colson i think is going to be have a breakout year, and he's going to be really good. And Machev was a good addition for them as well. So the, their forward group is fun. Just that defense is their their undoing. If they had a few other good defensemen in that mix, I'd I'd probably put them in the same mix as, as Calgary as being one of those teams who could really compete for the top of the division.
1: Yeah, they're uh, they're Edmonton point five. So um, Edmonton is its thing, and then they're kind of just. Following a little bit of that, where it's just uh, we got a we got pretty good offense, we got crappy defense, and um, I guess in this and since they actually have a decent goalie, but at this point they're just you know, Joe is great at getting his team to score goals, but when it comes down to defensive structure, he's not the greatest coach, and um, his job I guess will be just managing this team enough to get into the playoffs or maybe a wild card spot because he's going to have a hard time beating those other top teams.
0: Yeah, I, I think this is a team that probably ends up 14, 15, 16 in the lottery. Uh, I think they miss the playoffs ultimately, but I don't think it's by more than um, eight, nine points um, in the standings. I think they're going to uh, score enough goals – throughout the season to win enough games to stay in the race but the defense is a mess and they're probably going to trade JT Miller and they still have the whole Bo Horvath question they're trying to move out Connor Garland who's a legitimate top six winger like it's a weird situation but I do expect them to be pretty competitive on a nightly basis even if it's more going to be you know four three kind of games and it's going to be one nothing kind of games
2: all right, San Jose. Bye. They're going to fucking suck. Yeah, bye Seattle. So Seattle or San Jose is the new worst team in the Pacific Division for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're terrible. They're just, uh, I mean, Meyer's great. Hurdle's great. Couture is if he can actually stay healthy for longer than, you know. He played 77 games last year to his credit, but that was the first time I've really ever seen him play uh, through an entire season. Outside of that, like it, it, there's nothing to write home about in that forward group. That bottom six is just terrifying. And, and then on defense, you lose Brent Burns, and you don't really have much else there. You've got an aging, injury-prone Eric Carlson. You've got Mario Ferraro, uh, Vlasic, who kind of is that in that same category as aging, maybe not injury-prone as Carlson is. Uh, and then it's Benning, Simic, Nudavara, just kind of replacement-level players from there. And you've got Reimer, and Kakanen and net. I actually think they got better in net somehow <laughs> by getting out the, bringing in Capo Kakanen I think James Reimer was good for them uh, but from there on out like unless Eklund is jumping into this lineup and, and breaking out or Thomas Bordelo or somebody like that is is having a really good year they're they, for me they're bottom of the league which sucks because we're not bottom of the league but bottom of the division I don't want them to have any chance at Connor Bedard so I I hate to say that they're going <laughs> to suck but uh, they're not going to be good next year
1: no, and isn't it crazy to think how uh just a few years ago it was gonna Carlson and Burns and you cannot stop what San Jose is about to bring on the whole <laughs> fucking league. And then it just absolutely fell off yeah. the rails. So it's it's kind of insane. There's there's no goaltending. I, I love me some Rhymer as far as as far as his um style his uh his technique is very good. Uh I like that. Uh but it, as good as it is, he's aging and he's on a team that is no longer good defensively. So there's there's almost no hope. I don't care how good technically you are cuz Carey Price has also been on horrific teams and you've seen where that goes, but I, you know, viewed him as a very great one of the best technical goalies. So from goaltending to defense to a lackluster offense, I can't see San Jose doing anything other than sucking.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I'm sitting here and I'm trying to talk myself into, like, okay, well, where can you find silver lining here and there? And it all comes down to one thing for me. Their head coach is David Quinn. Like, they're going to fucking, They're going fuck. to suck. And, and and to Eddie's point, I don't want them to be that bad because I don't want them to get a Bedard. Oh, that's why. But, like... I also do think that like Mike Greer is gonna probably start trying to rip some of this down, and I don't know if they're gonna be able to move Logan Couture, but they're definitely gonna be able to move Timo Meyer. They're probably gonna be more than able to move, you know, yeah, Meyer's a pending like
2: RFA too, so he's out. The Nick
0: Benino and 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 you know, I, I like Mario Ferrara uh, Ferraro a lot. I think there is a version of this defense that isn't a complete and total fucking disaster. But it's not under David Quinn. And that's the problem for me is fundamentally I just don't think a team with David Quinn can be successful. Like I, I hope I'm proven wrong. I hope, you know, that they he comes in and instills a system and they win just enough games to miss out on Connor Bedard or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. But like I have no reason to think he is going to be a significantly better coach this time around. No.
2: Hurdle, Hurdle Meyer could they'll win them some games. But they, for me, will be the clear worst team in the Pacific Division. Uh, And then we move on to the last one because we're not going to cover Anaheim. As we mentioned, we're going to do our season preview on the Ducks later. Uh, But Seattle, I thought Seattle had one of the better off seasons. I really like what they did. Um, They were bad last year by far, I think, points-wise, the worst team in the Pacific Division, right? They were like 12 points below Anaheim. Um, But you add Burakovsky to this. You add Bjorkstrand, which was a steal, to that team, oh, Um they who was the other addition for them was Justin Schultz. Right? So you had Justin Schultz, and then you had Mark <laughs> Jones. So those two are kind of low key. <laughs> but just to, adding adding Biurakovsky and Bjorkstrand to that forward group, a full season of Matty Beniers, who he only played ten games, but he had nine points in those ten games, and potentially Shane Wright. Like I don't think he's going to break out and have you know a, a McKinnon you know sixty point type year in his rookie season. But if he comes in and just Play some games and, and looks pretty good for them even without them. I like their their top six as is with Schwartz, Baneers, Everly, McCann, Gord, Burkowski, Bjorkström, Wenberg, and either Donato or Tanev if he's healthy. It's not bad. It's better depth than a lot of other teams in the league, and I think if Baneers can break out and be in the Calder race, they're all of a sudden a team that just kind of does not a lot of fun to play against. Like they they look like a a, a sneaky dangerous team. With just those three key additions up front, and Beniers, Burakovsky, and, and Bjorkstrand.
1: Listen, this team will go eighty-two and zero if all eighty-two games are against Montreal. Because <laughs> if Shane Wright gets the opportunity to play against Montreal eighty-two times, he is going to stuff it down their throats. Because he was so pissed. He I think Montreal would his...
0: be perfectly happy with
1: that. Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah I'd I love like to go that <laughs> So um, uh, yeah, now Seattle'll be better than San Jose. Sure, why not? Maybe they'll be even. Who knows? They might be.
2: I, I, you know, I was gonna say something. And I probably shouldn't say it on this podcast. Oh, Anaheim's worse. I said that. I was gonna say they might be better. They might be better than us at the end of the season. I, I think know, that's totally possible. I think for me, like they, they have, <sighs> like they kind of
0: remind me of, of the Devils a few years ago, where it's like. They've got a couple of young pieces that could be really big down the line, but they're not there yet. Lord. And then they've got some good pieces surrounding Who's that. Who's their goalie but, again? Uh, Jones? For Seattle? Rubauer,
2: Dreger, Jones. No,
0: Grubauer. who, like, I don't think is great. And I think ultimately. Oh, you hate him.
2: Ultimately, hurts.
0: Where'd you go? Sorry, hi. Uh, I think he ultimately hurts their, their ability to be contenders. But, like, I could see a situation where they finish closer to 10, like, 11 or 12 even than they do to 4 or 5. Like, I, I think Eddie's right. I think there's going to be enough kind of, I don't know, gumption or whatever the fuck in that team. Like, it should be interesting. Like, You know, Yanni Gord's not bad. I think they're going to be able to find some leadership on that team. And it's just going to be, see... What Matty Baneers and maybe
2: Shane Wright have in the, the back pocket, but I, they feel very Jersey-like to me. Yeah, so. they, they just—they're they're, going to be bad. They're not—they're likely not going to be a playoff team, but they will be better than they were last year. You get a full season of Beniers who looked good. You get—you know—you've added on the back end a hundred and. 18 points in Bjorkstrand and Burakovsky both of which had more points than anybody on the team last year Uh, and then you get a full season of Schwartz who only played 37 games for the team last year so you've added four players to your team uh, that all of a sudden all four of them jump into your top six so it just makes you a better team offensively next year. Defensively they're not much different in the net they're not any different so that's where the shortcomings are going to come from but they will be more dynamic offensively which is going to win them some games. They're you know, are they better than L.A. on paper? Are they better than, uh, you know, some of those other teams? No, they're, they're not. But they're right in the mix there, you know, with Anaheim and, and potentially, you know, Vancouver as a team that will win more games than they did last year and could upset a few teams. So I I like their business at the very least. They, they will make it more fun for their fans to watch them this upcoming season.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: I, I think they're... They had a really, really good off season, and I don't think it'll matter for two, three years.
2: All right. So. Well, that's it, guys. That's our Pacific Division preview. Um, you guys picked Calgary, so if you hated it, that's on you. Blaming this one on you guys. Um, up, up, next. What we sent going to Central next? Yeah, yeah, we're gonna do Dallas in the Central Division. Yeah, we're, sure, why not? Yeah, we we picked this one, so we're going for the Dallas Stars um and obviously we'll (laughs) we'll recap the rest of them uh apparently you guys are not in charge anymore uh you
1: fans because a drunk at the wheel we gotta we gotta start picking better teams
2: uh we we probably will open the pickup uh again for one of the uh east teams either yeah we're gonna
0: have them vote which division e uh central uh atlantic or metropolitan and then, and then whatever we'll go team. from there and do the same thing yeah
2: same as last time you got to pick pacific or central and you picked pacific so and then you pick the team so we'll do the same for the upcoming ones next is dallas We're probably going to try and record that next week if we can uh get a few of these shows out before we do our regular season preview for the ducks and start to talk about uh, the upcoming season from obviously a ducks perspective since this is a Ducks podcast. Um, Legitly. and yeah, we, we I don't think we really had any Ducks news other than Zegras being on the cover for NHL 23, but we'll, we'll cover that. The jersey numbers, we'll, we'll get don't even there. don't need to really cover that because everybody, yeah, everybody I just, I'm just that. saying. But all right, well, thanks for coming out, guys. Thanks for, for uh, jumping jump on the show today, Jay. It was nice to have you back on. Oh, I want to say thanks. Uh, You're welcome. thanks to, to <laughs> Pat, uh, somewhere over here for, <laughs> for coming on the show. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll be back. We'll we'll have our plans for the upcoming season soon. Uh, but thanks for coming out, guys, and we'll see you soon. Bye, guys. Bye,
1: hey, everyone.